entering the podcast. He's a six foot one shooting guard who wishes he was from Chicago. His heart is bigger than his wingspan, and he's the mind behind the madness of the Hardball Podcast. It's Derek Peterson. He's joined by a six foot two small forward from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's the pride of the Bishop Kelly Comets. He respects the biz and he claims to be a big baller. It's George Stoyer! And I'm your other co-host, Spencer Davis, and welcome to the Hardball Podcast. Uh, Team LeBron is inbounding, down by one with 40 seconds left. LeBron triggers to Russ. Russ drives, tries to split the defense. Gives it to Kyrie, who back to LeBron. LeBron scores. Team LeBron up by one with 34 and a half seconds left. Inbound straight into Harden. He's already across half court. Russ on him. Harden pulls up for three. He missed. DeMar Rosen with the offensive rebound. They're going to reset it. Oh, and they're... Oh, no foul. Uh, Kyle Lowry hit the deck, but no foul. 20 seconds left. 15 on the shot clock. Kyrie on DeMar. DeMar kicks out. It's a bad pass, and Team LeBron has the ball up by one with 16 seconds remaining. And Team Steph is behind the eight ball for the first time in this game. KD has the ball. He gives it up to LeBron. Who skip passes it ahead to Russ. Who lays it in to go up by three with ten seconds left? Okay, we got uh, Joel Embiid has the ball at the top of the key. P- PG's on him. Steph has the ball. Crossover. Steph has got no room to shoot, and he's going to try to get it up anyway. One second left. Got to get it up. He didn't. Get, they didn't get a shot off. Wow, that was unbelievable defense by Team LeBron, and they take the game 148 to 145. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and company are all victorious on All-Star Sunday night. And Russ looks very happy, way too happy. I'm assuming LeBron James is going to win the uh, MVP honors. And then there's going to be an Instagram post later tonight, uh, something to do with squad, and it's going to be LeBron and Russ leaning up against a wall, and LeBron's going to have one leg uh, straight and one knee kind of cocked with his foot on the wall. <laughs> Go ahead and jump on the LeBron to OKC train. As long as you guys give me credit for the first report. Um, two years ago, I called this. We have mentioned this, I think, on every single podcast that I first, I was the first one to say that LeBron was going to OKC. My sources, if my sources are correct, this will happen soon. Uh, thank you for your time. Soon as in like the uh, end of go ahead, guys. the end of this season and in between the start of next season? Uh, sometime <laughs> before LeBron retires. That's all I know. Guys, if if Durant would have played defense in Oklahoma City like he did on that last possession of the All-Star game, Oklahoma City would have won three titles. Three titles? Three titles. No. If LeBron would have played defense during this season like he did during that All-Star game, the Cavs wouldn't have the worst defense in the NBA. Well, they don't anymore. Well, the Cavs' defense has gotten better since the uh, trade deadline. But Can we lead off with uh, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook being friends again? Have we not already started? Well, we have, but just, you know, the official lead-in, I guess. Like, I don't I'm, – I'm not a like, fan of it. I don't my, like my, it. Take, my take is that – and I said this back when PG was traded to Oklahoma City – that the Thunder are firmly in Kevin Durant's head because Katie never expected to face Russ with a like a formidable team again in a meaningful game. I mean, obviously they play four times a year, but like in a meaningful postseason game, Durant never expected to face Oklahoma City after he left. And now that's going to happen possibly this year. And I think Durant is just trying to kind of play nice and make sure that 
he doesn't poke the bear any more than he already has. And Russ seems yeah. happy to let him do it. You know, I have a I have kind of a different opinion, and I, I guess my mood has kind of changed on this. I think that this whole beef between Russ and Kevin, and really the beef between LeBron and Kyrie, is just like a, a creation by them for storylines and for drama. I don't think it was actually real. I think it was... I think it was Russ was a little pissed to begin with, but I think there was a point during last season where this started to become fake. Uh, and they, like to their credit, they told us like this was just fake crap on the court. And nobody believed them, but I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like because LeBron, you saw LeBron and Kyrie kind of dabbing it up and and chilling on the bench yeah, during I the game, and they were just kind of laughing. I don't think that's a thing at all because I think LeBron understands that Kyrie made a business decision that he thought if. LeBron leaves in a year that he didn't want to. Kyrie didn't want to be stuck in Cleveland all by himself. Well, I think LeBron was hurt by it, but I also I don't think yeah. that there's this beef that has been no. festering throughout the season. And and I also think that like Kevin said it uh, during me during All Star Media, he said he just f-ed up the relationship. And you know, I think that both of them kind of at some point during last season moved on, maybe. And the the rest of this, like that first game when they were butting heads, like I, I think that this is just kind of for show. Almost. Listen, I think that it, a lot of it was real. I mean, a lot of it was because Russ posted the cupcake on Instagram and Oklahoma City's fans had such a strong reaction to it. And then KD had such a reaction to the fans having such a reaction. And, you know, it was fun. It was fun for everybody. And I think everyone outside of Oklahoma City got a lot of entertainment out of it. Entertainment out of it. And KD and Russ probably liked the attention that it brought to a certain extent. But... Do I think that they're best friends? No, I don't think that no. they'll ever be as close as they were when they were teammates. And I think Russ will always be a little bit spiteful towards him for leaving. But that doesn't mean they can't be friendly like they were this weekend, obviously. I also think that Russ uh, now sees the kind of the light at the end of the tunnel. Because if Kevin hadn't left, then Russell wouldn't have Paul George on his team. He wouldn't have Carmelo Anthony on his team. Mm-hmm. And they all appear to be pretty pretty close friends. Uh, from the looks be of getting, from the outside, and he, he wouldn't be getting LeBron yeah, James next season, LeBron, right? That... Uh, exactly. So George, uh, I will cede the floor to you because you've just been all over this. And uh, LeBron to OKC. Yeah, I think it was confirmed this weekend when I saw the video of Russell playing with LeBron's kid. I was like, well, there it is. That's it. We're going for it. So uh, yeah, it's just all the pieces are falling into place. People have made fun of me. Uh, pretty sure Bleacher Report came out with the fifteen to one odds for the Thunder to land LeBron, and that was before. Wait, really? Yeah, third best, third best of any contender. Yes. Are you serious? I missed this. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I'd also, and that was before he played with LeBron's kid. So he's already got LeBron's kid on his side. Derek, wh- wh- how does this work, like logistically? Like, who has to go? Like, what would it take? Dude, I don't salaries? know. I mean, I don't know. Like, Melo or Stephen <laughs> Adams has to go. Maybe both of them. No. Like, like if if LeBron is coming, Melo's not leaving. Like, Melo, he Melo has is to the, leave. Look, the no. If LeBron is no, coming, it's probably him. like Stephen Adams. Okay, if LeBron is coming, Oklahoma City has to either trade Stephen Adams or re-sign Carmelo Anthony, and then trade Carmelo Anthony. They're not to open up. He's, space. If he comes, it's because of Carmelo Anthony. Like Carmelo Anthony would be one of the no. biggest assets in in recruiting him to come. I think LeBron knows that Carmelo's washed. He's not one of the I just love that 
two weeks ago, Spencer wouldn't even think about the idea of this, and now you're like, how is this going to happen? Yes, it is. It is a thing. So No, I'm saying how's it going to happen because there's no way for it to happen. You're misunderstanding my line of questioning. It's impossible. Realistically, like you'd have to send like Stephen, like it would have to be a sign and trade. Like LeBron opts into his last year, like a la what Chris Paul did with the Rockets, uh, and he would opt in, and then you would trade like Stephen Adams and Alex Abrinas and Terrence Ferguson and somebody else to try to make salaries match because LeBron would be at like thirty-five million it'd or have something to be, like that. Yeah, Terrence Ferguson only makes like a million dollars. It'd have to be like two pad or singular to make the yeah. salaries match. I mean, I guess that's a return for Cleveland, but. I mean, I, it, listen, if Cleveland can get Steven Adams back for LeBron, that's an incredible return for Cleveland. Since we have spent the, the vast majority of the start of this podcast talking about Something a move that that's probably not going to happen, yeah, um, I want to set the table what? Guys. for what we're going to talk about in a little bit. Okay. George, I hate to burst your bubble. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to kind of just set the table for what we're going to talk about. And then uh, I wrote down a couple of things, a couple of terrible like dad jokes that i want to make and i want to get your guys's reaction from the all-star game sound good sounds good Bet. so in a little bit we're going to talk about uh adam sober nba commissioner made comments before the all-star game that the league would seriously look at reseeding in the postseason uh doing away with the conferences and just going one through 16 with the best teams we're going to talk about that in a little bit so i think all of us on this podcast could now be grammy winners if Fergie is the wow, that uh, was a roast baseline. Okay. It was pretty for, rough for winning a Grammy. You've never uh, heard me you guys, sing, Derek. Did you guys? Uh, I heard Fergie sing the national anthem during the NBA. Did you That's see? I watched the video of it, and the people like people laughing during it just tells you how Draymond. bad it was. Like, <laughs> yeah, Draymond was laughing. Draymond was it. laughing, and then it went to a shot of Jimmy Kimmel, and he was just like biting his lip, and he was I, it was so funny. I was like. Good God! Like that might have been the that might have been the worst performance of the national anthem I think I've ever seen at any. Well, Christina game. Aguilera and forgot not, the words. I mean, so that was pretty bad. Yeah, she not didn't to mention the words. She was terrible. Whoever did the the Canadian national anthem before her was also terrible. Also, and then the the intro skit thing that they did with Kevin Hart and Rob Riggle and Adam Devine or however you pronounce his last name trying to sing that was like the worst thing that I think I've ever seen I almost considered turning off the all-star game because of that they should have they should have just brought out Migos early and had him perform bad and bougie and made that the national anthem is Kevin Hart getting like over is he oversaturated now no (laughs) I think we're gonna I don't have have any comment on bad and bougie (laughs) being a national anthem replacement I'm a fan of culture too and stir fry though do you know how many people that were watching the game tonight that were upset that NFL players take a knee during the actual national anthem and you want to replace it with bad and bougie? That'd be pretty bougie. Hey, they have not disrespected the national anthem or the American flag as much as Fergie disrespected it tonight with that performance. That's that I agree. Drop the mic on that, that one. <laughs> a couple other things that I wrote down that are also terrible. Mike D'Antoni used his bench more tonight than he's ever used it in the regular season. Dang. Man, you're just you got the one-liners tonight. Um, Jimmy Butler didn't play because he was quote unquote under the weather, and I think that that is the new LA code for hungover. Yeah, LA Nightlife because, remains under, undefeated. Yep, LA Nightlife remains undefeated, and also uh, we are all NBA All Stars tonight because we all had just as many points in the All Star game as the Marcus Aldridge, who had zero. Derek, Where's did the- you take some Savage yeah. pills before this podcast? <laughs> also. Pills. Uh, Goran Dragic played in an all-star game. 
and had two points. Like, I'll be honest. I saw a picture of him with like everyone lined up doing like the team photo, and it took me a minute to figure. Out. I didn't realize who it was until I saw that he had the Heat logo on his jersey. He's the he's one guy that I think guy. I could maybe take in a game of horse. He looks like he's preparing for the upcoming season of Survivor. You guys yes, are just in savage mode tonight. I mean, good God. <laughs> oh, hold up, hold up. I just thought of another horrible Jimmy. dad joke. Okay. LeBron needed Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Paul George, and Kyrie Irving to finally beat Steph. Okay. Um, <laughs> next segment. Okay, except LeBron beat Steph two years ago. With Della Vadova. And he had Kyrie Irving on that team. Yeah, with Matthew. D- no, not. Was Delhi on that yeah, team? Yeah, he's the backup point guard. Delhi was on the team. Delhi won a Delhi won a ring because then he left and it was like a big meme because yeah you're right he, he left LeBron right. but he was like a real player for them in the finals before that when Love and yeah he started was he was awesome yeah and he played well the Cavs won two games in that I almost year. bought his jersey this is this is like the least structured podcast I think that has ever been podcasted in the history of podcasts <laughs> Spencer do you want to do your trivia question sure you guys ready. Who's the first player to be drafted number one overall without playing college or high school basketball in the United States? Is he still in the league? I'm not going to answer that. <clears throat> I don't know foreign players, so I have no idea. Oh, uh, was it Andrea Bargnani? No. He didn't go one. I think he went two. I don't even know who that is. No. I, he went one. Andrea Bargnani went one. I just butchered his name. It was not uh, Bargnani. Dirk. Nope, Dirk did not go number one. Was it Yao? It was Yao. Oh, dang it. Yao Ming. Okay, well, Uh, that's a dumb question. Andrea Bargnani went number one. Yeah, in 2006. Yao was before that. Yao was in 2001? Um, 2002. Uh, Because Andrea Bargnani did not play in the United States. Who's the guy they're saying that could go number one? Bargnani was a good guess. Uh, Luka Doncic. Yes. Yeah. He's really good. He's only 18, and he's. I've watched a bunch of clips of him, and he's going to be a really good player. I don't know where he's going to fit. He look. It looks kind of like a, like a bulkier James Harden almost. Just kind of gets in the lane, gets fouled all, all the time, makes threes, makes crazy shots, but he's not like John Wall or Russell Westbrook fast. We didn't podcast last week, and we had the NBA trade deadline last week. Let's play a game of real or no real, and let's have a couple questions about the NBA deadline trade deadline. Real, real ready? or no real? Yeah, real, real or not real. Oh, okay, got you. All right. Uh, the biggest mover at the deadline was Cleveland, and I'm actually kind of shocked that it took us 25 minutes to get to Cleveland. But um, they sent out four, six players. They brought back four players. They brought back Rodney Hood, Larry Nance, Jordan Clarkson, and who am I George, forgetting? George, George Hill. Hill. George Hill. Uh, so real or not real, Cleveland got better at the deadline. Real. real. Very real. I'd say real. As real as it gets. Uh, they got a lot younger, got a lot more athletic. Larry Nance is a perfect fit for LeBron. When Jordan Clarkson and Rodney Hood are on, that team is going to be a lot of fun. George Hill has not had a great year, but he's a 
fine point guard. He's certainly an upgrade over Derrick Rose or uh, Isaiah Thomas. So and Matthew Delavadova from a couple years ago. Hey, um, you respect Delhi. George Hill's better. I'm sorry. Uh, no Delhi slander on the podcast. Listen, they got rid of Dwayne Wade, who was apparently not good for the locker room. They got rid of Isaiah Thomas, who definitely was not good for that locker room. And they're going to get Kevin Love back here in the next couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Before the playoffs, at least. So, I listen, I'm mad because I placed a parlay bet um, about two days before the trade deadline because I thought Cleveland was dead in the water. And the parlay was that Boston would win the East and that Golden State would win the title. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be wrong. And when I made it, I thought it was pretty much ironclad. So Yeah, I have I have two takes on what they did. The first one is that I think that the best thing that they got is LeBron is now fully engaged. Yep. And I think you saw that when they beat uh, – they just whipped up on Boston. And then they beat Oklahoma City. Yep. And uh, my second take is I was watching the slam dunk contest, and I was watching Larry Nance do that double tap off the backboard. He got robbed, by the way. Um, no, Dennis, Dennis Smith, Smith got robbed. Dennis Smith did get robbed. I want them to expand it. It's too short. I did uh, not think the the double tap thing was as great as everyone else thought. That was incredible. If you, that I was could incredible. do it on. I mean, I've uh, never attempted. If that, I could do it so on an eight know, foot goal, but, then they it should not be that cool. So. George, you cannot do a double tap dunk on an eight foot. Goal. All right, challenge accepted. Okay, we're gonna need to video this and put it out next okay. time. Um, but I, I was watching Larry Nance dunk, and I was sitting there thinking, when was the last time LeBron played with somebody that was this athletic? Like, can you think of the last guy that he had on it? Like, Kyrie's a really good finisher, and he's a good contortionist of his body. Uh, you mean but like I don't a big? I don't know if he's that athletic. Maybe like a, oh. a D, the D Wade the first year they were in Miami. Even then, maybe maybe Chris Bosh. Um, I don't know. Like yeah. I'm excited about this dude's potential with next to LeBron James. Um, George, thoughts on the the, the Cavs? Um, I think a lot what Spencer said. They got younger and more athletic. Uh, I think one thing is that they definitely got I think better shooters around them. I think Jordan Clarkson and Rodney Hood are both going to be uh, super helpful in that role. And then like you said, you're saying Larry Nance um, is super athletic, and I think he actually will be the best. Uh, He's, he's the best person they got in that trade. Um, I think he's going to help them the most. But uh, LeBron's so good at, like, finding people, like, for wide-open threes. So Rodney Hood and Jordan Clarkson are going to just – I mean, I think they're going to nail them. So um, I think Cleveland's going to win the East. Um, and I think they might give Golden State a run for their money um, if the Thunder don't get there and then sweep them. So. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think all of the guys that they brought in, like, really fit. I'm going to – we're just going to go right past that part where George said well, the Thunder were going to sweep Golden State. I already picked Oklahoma City to win the championship, so I can't really say anything about that. Um, I I think like the, the biggest thing was – well, not the biggest thing, but I think one of the, the things that you're going to see become a storyline with this is they got rid of all the guys that um, maybe would have been alphas, and now it's just LeBron. Like LeBron is the unquestioned alpha on that team, and they got a bunch of guys that are willing to just kind of fall in behind LeBron. And as LeBron has kind of gone along through the season, he's he's been more of a playmaker. His assists are up. And, you know, I could see him being a guy that is going to find Jordan Clarkson in the corner a ton or Jordan Clarkson open a ton. And Jordan Clarkson's not going to be too upset about pulling off the ball so much because that's what he's been doing with Lonzo. And they're not going to have a guy like Isaiah Thomas that's complaining that he's not getting to shoot 15 times a game. Um, the next one 
is Golden State wanted to make a move to bolster its bench. Uh, Houston wanted to make a couple moves. They made a couple moves on the buyout market, but not at the trade deadline. Oklahoma City made no moves at the trade deadline. So the question is, real or not real, those three teams didn't need to do anything at the deadline for success later in the season. Define success. I mean, it's different for all three teams, I think. Okay, so we'll just think, go, we'll just go think, down the line. Did Golden State need to make a move? No. No. Okay, did Houston need to make a move? Um, I don't know what move they could have made unless they could have. No. I mean, they're pretty much capped out. Yeah, I wouldn't. Honestly, I, I've been pretty vocal about saying that they don't really have a shot to beat Golden State in a seven-game series. But I think that if you're Daryl Morey and you're looking at your team and your tops in the West right now, I think that they were probably fine and justified to stand pat. And I don't know what they could have done that would have made them decidedly well, better. And they got Joe Johnson for basically nothing, right? Yeah, I that's, so Joe. Joe Johnson's not going to be a huge. No, but they got him for nothing. Okay. Like, he, well, he may not even play. I mean, we don't know. He's only shooting, what is it, 27% from three this year? I mean, he's washed. Well, the thing is, D'Antoni has a bunch of options now. He's got he's got utility to, to do different things with his lineup. He can play bigs with Ryan Anderson and Clint Capella. He can play Nene and Clint Capella if they want to go really big. They can play super, super small, uh, and they've got just a bunch of wing guys that they can switch on the perimeter when you've got P.J. Tucker, Trevor Reza, Mumba Mute. Now you've got Joe Johnson in the fold. They've got a bunch of guys that can just be shooters. And how much of Joe Johnson having a poor season shooting from the outside has to do with clunky spacing in Utah or Donovan Mitchell lighting it up? I mean, I don't know. But I think, you know, Joe, I saw Joe being – like you can never have too many guys that can score for you and Joe can get buckets. Uh, Oklahoma it, City, yeah, real or not real. Needed to make a move. They needed to make a move. I mean, they lost. They beat Golden State right before the deadline, right? That was right before. Yeah. But they yeah, lost right the before. previous four and then almost lost the game when Robertson went down. Almost blew a huge lead. Was it, I think it was Detroit. Yeah, yeah was I mean, the they, they definitely needed to make a move. When I, saw, when I saw that Rodney Hood was off the market and that he was being dealt, I pretty much knew that it was over and that Presti was not going to trade uh, – I think he maybe would have traded a Brinus or Ferguson for Rodney Hood, somebody that has a couple years left, but he was not going to do it for Avery Bradley, who's an unrestricted free agent after this season. He was not going to do it for Jonathan Simmons, who's not a sure thing. Uh, it just, yeah. Presti just decided to play it safe, which is the first trade deadline in a while that he's done that, I think. George? Yeah, I, uh, as you guys already know, I thought they should have made a move um i thought they messed up by not making a move but then i also kind of like i've been going back and forth because and i think it's just me getting my hopes up thinking that they can still do it but um i think if they wanted to win the western conference and maybe even get there i think they needed to make a move and i think it was pretty clear um what did, how many did they lose straight after rob roberson four. Four. four four straight row, yeah um and they were not pretty either and then they and lost then they, another one of the lakers right after the deadline Right, and they almost blew the blew the game the other night to the Grizzlies. So um, I think it's pretty obvious that they needed to make a move, and they didn't. Maybe they'll do something in the buyout market, um, but I I just don't see anybody that's going to make this team that much better um, in the buyout market. So um, I think they definitely needed to make a move. And like, I'm not going to like blame Presti. Like sometimes it just doesn't work that way. Sometimes other people aren't willing to make trades. So. Um, sometimes it just doesn't fall your way, but I think they definitely needed to try and make a move. Here's Paul, the thing that I 
Go ahead, Spencer. I was just going to say, if Paul George comes back, then Presti did a great job by not making a move because then they can run it back again next season. They're going to be much better next year with or without LeBron James. Uh, if, even if they run it back, I think they could – I think they'd be better with Melo next year than with Melo this year, but I think they'd be better. I think they're going to be better either way, whether or not Melo comes back, uh, and, if, assuming and, George comes back. And maybe Presti knows that. Maybe they yeah, know that exactly. Paul George is coming back. Because you listen to his comments that Paul George has made, and you listen to Russ telling Laker fans to stop chanting because that's over and Paul's not coming. That maybe was they awesome. already know. That- I mean, that raised an eyebrow for sure. Paul, but why does it, Why wouldn't PG just come out and say I'm resigning then? Like why because, wouldn't he? I mean, what what does he have to gain from that? He wants free dinners. Yeah, I mean, take take. He doesn't take need free meetings. dinners. He's got a hundred million dollars. Take the meetings. Dude, the meetings. Well, if he's taking if he's taking the meetings, then the Thunder can't be sure. Well, they can't be sure, and PG say, "Oh, I'm still gonna." It's like a it's like a high school kid committing to a school, but telling the coaches he's gonna keep it silent, like he's not gonna tell anybody. I mean, like, it's okay, not he, real. He, he made this comment where he said, um, "I know." I, I, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something along the lines of, um, "I feel right, or I feel like the decision is made. Um, I feel like I know where I want to be, uh, but also it's we still got a long season left to play because we do. We still got." A ton of time left before I think free agency the, starts, so things could th- change. If the Thunder make the Western Conference Finals, which I think if for them to do that, They're I think have they have to, be to get Golden State. That or they have to get to the three seed, right? Oh yeah. Well, and then you have so, to beat Houston to get to the Western Conference Finals. Well, I think they can beat Houston. Um, I think they'd much rather play Houston than Golden well, State. If yeah, I, so what? What? Anyways, it doesn't matter how they. It doesn't matter how they get there. Say they get to the Western Conference Finals and they lose. I think he's coming back. If they don't make the Western Conference Finals, then I think he's gone. So I'll I'll disagree a little bit. Brief. I think that if they win the first round playoff game against like Minnesota, and then if they play Golden State or Houston tough in the second round and lose, then I could still see Paul George coming back. Here's the thing. I don't think it matters. I think that uh, this this Robertson injury. Injury is a little bit of a blessing in disguise that way because let's say they get to the second round and they lose in like six to Houston or Golden State. I mean, you could put that on, well, we're not at full strength and we're not 100% acclimated to playing with each other. I don't think it necessarily, like, I don't think you can say they need to do X, Y, and Z for Paul George to come back. And if they don't do X, Y, and Z, then Paul George isn't coming back. I think it has more to do with his relationship with Russ, which seems to be growing every single day. And back to the to the to them standing pat at the trade deadline, like John Hamm had this, put this tweet out where he said, do people think that Sam Presti's just like standing in line at Harkins Theater waiting to go see a movie? Like he was making calls. Like it's not like yeah, he was just no, he sitting tried. there and, you know, not doing anything. But I think it's this conversation that I kept trying to have with people. Oklahoma City doesn't have anything that anybody wants. There was a tweet that, uh, somebody had offered Memphis like a couple of second round picks and and something else for Tyreek Evans, and they wanted a first and they wanted an expiring. Oklahoma City doesn't have either of those to offer, and if you were going to get someone at this deadline, you needed to be trading first round picks or you needed to be trading expiring contracts. Isaiah Thomas was essentially an expiring contract, and he was lumped into that deal. Like Oklahoma City, like I think it's just very likely that Sam Presti tried to deal. 
and they just had no assets. We didn't think they had any assets this offseason, and they turned it into Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. So the, the cupboard was just empty. Yeah. And I well, think that was the biggest thing with this deadline is they just didn't have anything to trade. Terrence Ferguson they could have traded, right? I mean, Terrence Ferguson is I don't, I don't know, eight months removed from awful. being a first-round pick. And he's there were reports that a lot of teams were interested in him. I just don't think – I think Presti said, look, unless, unless, unless he was going to get another superstar, like get a Paul George by trading DeMontis Sabonis or get somebody like that, then – there's just no way that he was going to risk trading Ferguson. I also don't think the market for Ferguson is what you thought it was. Ferguson hasn't looked very good. And I don't know how many teams... What was he? Was Oklahoma City 21 in this draft? I don't know how many teams would have taken Terrence Ferguson 21. I think they were 17. Or were they 21? They were in the 20s. Like, Kyle Kuzma went 27. Like, I don't know too many teams that would have well, taken Well, nobody Ferguson thought Kyle Kuzma was, was going to be what he's No, become. they wouldn't, but what I'm saying is there was talent behind Ferguson. I don't know too many people that would have. The second City round. likes to the, take yeah. risks in the first round. They like to take guys that aren't necessarily on other teams' radars. And, and it's if, worked a lot. I mean, Sabonis was a risk. Ibaka was a risk. It also had Reggie Jackson, like, Cameron Payne. didn't work. Reggie Jackson flamed well, out in Oklahoma City. Perry Jones was what, like a mid twenties pick, and everyone said his knees were going to be bad, and they were. It turned out, but before his knee, like he was going to be a for sure lottery pick before the medical red flags came up, and the Thunder got him. I think it was twenty like fifth. Yeah, there were also questions about his motor, though, and those proved to be true. Really, McGarry and uh, Mitch McGarry and Perry Jones were the only failed first round picks that I can remember. I'm sure well, Reggie, Reggie Jackson. They like got the assets for campaign. Reggie yeah, Jackson won a playoff play. series for the Thunder, and they got Reggie assets. Reggie Jackson for him. is an a hole. So Reggie Jackson saved the Thunder from a colossal embarrassment by losing to the Gri- What year was that? I don't remember. But Reggie Jackson is the only reason that they beat the Grizzlies in that. I want to say was it 2013? That would have been 13 because that was when Russell got hurt. No, Russ was playing. No, that would have been 14. That was yeah. 14. Yeah, it was 14. And the Thunder ended up losing to the Spurs, I think, in the next round. But it would have been – it would. I think the Thunder – I think that was the year that they had the one seed in the West, and they almost lost to the freaking Grizzlies until Reggie Jackson played hero ball and it worked. And then he thought he deserved a start over Russ, and that's why George has that opinion of him. But Reggie Jackson was a great pick. Campaign has turned out to be a D-League player, but they got assets back for him. So that I don't consider that to be a failure. Well, that's more on Presti than it is on Payne. Well, or or I on mean, the it's all the same. Yeah, it's all on uh, Garpax. But Garpax. So 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 far we've got uh, Oklahoma City needed to make a deal. We've got Cleveland got better, and we've got Golden State and Houston didn't need to make any moves. How about the last one? Uh, Joel Embiid versus Russell Westbrook is the next great petty rivalry. In the <sighs> Russ needs to not. I mean, I love Joel Embiid, but Russ needs to not. He kind of got destroyed by Joel tonight. He did. I don't know that Russ can win that individually. That's two straight L's he's taken in that fight. Well, not really. Russ is the only W. Well, his team got wins, but in the head-to-head one-on-ones, Joel Embiid has now blocked him at the rim and obliterated him with a poster. Yeah. Russ is not going to win an individual battle at the rim with Joel Embiid ever. No, he's like... 18 feet tall. Yeah. Admire when him Joel for trying, Embiid, but... When Joel Embiid wins a playoff series, call me. 
Yeah, that's – I mean, Russ is always going to win the team battle, which is most important, but Joel's going to win on Twitter, Instagram, and at the rim. Great. That's a good Go segue into our next topic because uh, playoffs are naturally going to be the thing that everybody starts talking about now with the All-Star break or with the All-Star game in the rearview mirror with this game over. Uh, Adam Silver said that reseeding and just doing away with conference lines – is something that the NBA is talking about. Is something that they're considering. Just going straight one through sixteen based off of the top sixteen uh, records. Do you guys like this? Just off the top, do you guys do you like yes. this idea? Yes. Yeah, I think because the West has become so clearly better over the last what almost twenty years, pretty much since Shaq left from Orlando and went to the Lakers. Uh, all the stars that get drafted in the East, developed in the East, they all sign free agent deals in the West, and it's been happening for 20 years. And I think that that's what you see now is why there's such a disparity, and I think this would kind of help fix it. Although I wish they could balance the schedules too and not have them, like you play everybody three times instead of teams in the West four and teams in the East two or vice versa. Would the next logical step then be just getting rid of conferences the yes. problem is and silver talked about this it's travel like you're putting if the thunder have to play philadelphia three times a year and or three or four times a year instead of once a year like you're going to philadelphia once then it's going to be it's one it's more expensive two it's harder on the players bodies over the course of an eight-month season i i get the travel thing in season um but one of the arguments that i've seen against just doing away with conference lines in the postseason and doing one through 16 is that you don't want, like, if, let's say, New York makes the playoffs and they have to go to California to play, like, the Clippers or the Warriors or something like that. Like, you don't want those teams flying across the country. Like, that's not a big deal because you've got home and home. You've got two games in the the cities stretched out over a, a length of time and with charter planes and flights and everything being what they are like i don't think it would be as big of a deal as people are making it i i think it would be a good way to to spice things up george thoughts on this reseeding and going one through 16 yeah i don't i I mean i think it's pretty simple i don't know why they wouldn't do that in the first place just take the 16 best teams i mean it doesn't make any sense to me that you have these two conferences that basically mean nothing to me like I don't, I it just doesn't make any sense to not do it. So, yeah, def, I would definitely do sixteen teams, and I also think they should take away. I don't think there should be eighty-two games in a season. I think it's too long. Yeah, um, seventy-five games, something like that. Seventy, seventy-five games. Uh, how many teams are in the NBA? Thirty. Thirty. Uh, yeah. 30. So I, the way I would do it is I'd probably play seventy games. You play um, each team twice, so that puts you at. What um, not 60. sixty games? Fit no, it'd be fifty eight because 58. because you play twenty nine, right? So yep. then, uh, then you take you know twelve games each each year. You like split it up, and some teams you'll play three times, um, and then you just take the sixteen best teams. So you have a home and home with every single with every single team, and then a few teams you play three times instead. Here's what I would do: knock it down to sixty seven. Make the playoffs a little bit longer. Do like what you said. Play everybody twice. And then you have three protected designated rivalries that you play three games against. So like Golden State would play uh, Oklahoma City three times. Cleveland three times. And then 
I don't know if the Lakers are a rival. Maybe like well, the, the old Clippers or something like that. Like the I Lakers mean, would play the Clippers and the Kings three times and then like the Spurs or something like that. Does the NBA just reset the rivalries every season to, based on yeah, the league's current storyline? Yeah, it's based on current whatever. That could you work. Could. You could. I mean, because the Thunder, like 10 years from now, the Thunder and the Warriors are not going to, more than likely, are not going to be rivals, right? Right. And then, and then I mean, what the th- you could do is because you've knocked the games down, then you can stretch the postseason out a little bit longer so that you're not playing games, like you don't have games every single night. Maybe you've got games going every other night, at least from a national standpoint. That way, when teams are in, when you get like a New York flying to California situation, you've got two games for the New York team in California over yep. the course of maybe a week. And then you're spending a week in California as opposed to like three days and then flying back. Did you guys watch the uh, the Kobe and Shaq players only? Yeah, that was, I think it that was, was cool. Friday night. I want Kobe to do television so bad. I, I just do want, too. I want more Kobe in my life. I miss him so much. I need... Kobe talking about fights and wanting to punch players. Like you know, he's doing a show, right? Yeah, with I need that. I need all of that. I need all of it. He's basically just going to be breaking down film on ESPN for like thirty minutes a week. It's going to be great. I can't wait. Can we confidently say that we're going to be back again next week? We're not going to take another two week break. George, uh, yes, we will be back next week. That's my fault. I've been super busy, so my George beat. is still in school, so. Derek and I are not, so we have to defer to George's professors. But You need to fix that, George. Uh, you guys can talk to my finance and business management teachers because they've been extremely difficult, and I don't appreciate it, and I hate both those classes. So I hope you should have just been like LeBron James and left high school a year early. Everything would be so much better. <laughs> That's Honestly, I wish I would have no. worked harder at basketball. I could be a big baller in the league right now. Derek, I got the <laughs> reference. Don't worry. Okay, good. We don't need to talk about that, but I'm glad you got the reference. <laughs> yeah, we really shouldn't. Okay. No, we're not going to talk about I that. I think everyone knows uh, how we all feel about that. <laughs> we're going to wrap it up on that note, and we will be back next week and maybe talk about some actual basketball and not whatever the All-Star game was. Um, it was teetering closer to basketball, I think, and it got better down the stretch. But I did not like it in the first quarter. I don't know about you guys, but I was bored in the first quarter. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, the, fir- uh, I, the first quarter was it was kind of like random, and yeah, they they weren't trying as hard. But they the fourth quarter made it worth it. The like the last nope. eighteen minutes of the game were really fun. And what made it better is Spencer, you uh, gave us play by play of it, and you uh, are going to give Kevin Harlan a run for his money here pretty soon. I can tell you that. Oh, I'm not broadcast. You know that, Derek. Yeah, but that was beautiful to listen to you. <laughs> Uh, get all into it and, and call the last minute. It or was so. fun. It was fun to watch the that game. I've never seen an All Star game go down. They didn't get a shot off, but it would have been the last shot. And I think Kyle Lowry ended up with no. It wasn't Lowry. It was he was DeRozan. Lowry was on the bench trying to call timeout in the corner and was mad that they didn't get a timeout off. But so it's just like the regular season when nobody listens to Kyle Lowry. I'm just glad that uh, <laughs> I got to hear the end of it from you. Spencer, because I think that's I think that was better than if what it would had have been if I had watched it live. I really you did. did watch it live, right? Or no? No, no. Oh, okay. No. Uh, your play by play was so good. Your color commentary was so good that I decided to just sit down in front of my laptop, away from my TV, and just listen to you. 
as you called mm. the last 40 seconds of the game. Well, thank so. you, Derek. Maybe I, I can happily know. say I did not watch one second of All-Star Weekend. George, we almost have... made it through the whole pod without you just embarrassing yourself to how to dozens I, of people. I'm not embarrassing myself. I was changing lives this past weekend, so I am happy to say that I did not watch one second of it. And to be honest, I'd never watched the NBA. George, do you have anything weekend? to plug? Like what a... Ho- no, HSLC, hold up, hold up. the high school leadership conference, please attend. All right. Spencer, did you just say that we only have a dozen viewers? No, it's a dozen. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, how many people listen to this? I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure it's more than dozen. Don't sell a short, short like that. I said dozen. Let's be honest, guys. It's just not, it's probably not I'm thousands. just here for the side commentary. Derek, you're the only one that has the analytics info that I know of. I gave you guys the login for the... I have the SoundCloud login, but I, can I see... I think I have time to check that. <laughs> yeah. George is over here changing lives, Derek. No, George, because you don't even have time to watch the NBA. That's true. I don't. Too busy covering Trey Young and the dumpster fire that Oklahoma basketball is. Update on my phone just now. Jimmy Butler wanted to sit tonight's All-Star game so that he could rest. He didn't play a single minute. He was so hungover. So hungover. Maybe maybe he was just afraid of what Tibbs would do to him when they got back, and so he knew he needed all the rest that he needs. Quick note, Jeremy Lin just sent out a note about the uh, JJ Redick video and said, I won't read the whole thing, but it's on Twitter. He just sent it out two minutes ago. I spoke with JJ on the phone for a long time. I truly believe that he did not say a racial slur and that he has a great deal of respect towards Chinese people. So Awesome. Good for JJ Redick not being overly racist yes that's good that would have been the ultimate power play to say something racist to a, an entire group country? of people yeah to an entire country while also in the same breath wishing them a happy new year like that would have been the biggest flex in the history of the internet i don't know that i think i feel like a you're flexing that has positive connotations i don't know if it has positive connotations oh i think it i think it, i don't know Every time I flex, there's positive incantations or whatever you said. George, you failed. On that note, (laughs) that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back next week talking more NBA. This is the Hardball Podcast.